I cannot believe we're already to January 25th. Um, it feels like the new year. I don't know where I was when the new year hit, but here we are, January 25th. One thing that I like to do um, when a year ends and a new year starts is just to kind of reflect back over, over the past year and see where God has brought me, um, see where I continue to grow, you know, where he wants to continue to grow me. And as the new year comes, look forward to that. And what does that have? What does that look like um, for me? And a couple weeks ago, closer to the new year, and the, um, my sister-in-law was here, and I was talking to her about um, how people get a word for the year. And about seven years ago, I was introduced to that concept. I had never heard it before. And somebody asked me what my word was, and I didn't know what they were talking about. So I was educated, and I grasped around trying to find a word. and. I didn't get one, <laughs> but, um, but I will say I've always had the words hope and faith and uh, grace have always been a part of my life, so I grasped hope at that time because it was a huge change in my life. Uh, I lived a certain way for over 50 years, and, or right about 50 years, and um, God was bringing new into my life. So I did. I, I held on to hope um, around every corner. But in the last seven years, I feel more like my life goes by seasons. And um, a lot of words float around in the season. And a lot of the words that God's been working on me the last uh, hmm, several years has been words like, uncomfortable and unoffended. He's taken a way of life that I've lived and he's asking me to live it different. So I've been comfortable and he's asking me to put an un on that. I've lived offended and he's asking me to try and be unoffendable. I've lived in fear and he's asking me to be unafraid. And I've learned some things the wrong way. And so he's asking me to unlearn some things. So that's where I sit before you today. And as I was telling my sister-in-law, I said, well, I have some friends that have you know, got a tattoo with their word. And how do you put that uh, you know, in a tattoo, or even a wall hanging, for that matter? And without missing a beat, she said, un, just un. And so it got me thinking, you know, what is un? And also. I have been some uns that God's asking me to take off. He's asking me when I'm unloving to take that un off and be loving. He's asking me when I'm uncompassionate, which I'm not sure that's a word I think it is, <laughs> um, to be compassionate. I can be unforgiving. And he's asking me to remove the un and be forgiving. So she said, well, un's your word. And I'm like, well, that's a nice short one. I should be able to remember that. So <laughs> happy new year to me. It's going to be un, all right? <laughs> I had that, and I scratched off the believable part. OK, all right. So here we are. We're starting Luke. 
um, which is an amazing book. And I love God's Word, and I, I love um, this book of the Bible especially. Well, I think I say that on all of them. But um, <clears throat> I love it that in Luke, uh, God uses ordinary people um, to bring... Um, well, you've heard of the upside-down kingdom, and that's just, you know, it's, it's all upside-down. It's all, he undoes things that were done. I better look at my notes, because I had it nicely written here. Let's see, what did I say? Um, <clears throat> he uses ordinary people, like you and me, um, calling to reverse action sometimes, which is what un means, um, from law to grace, to be released from offense. Some who have been in comfort, he asks them to be uncomfortable. And many that are fearful, he's asking to be unafraid. <clears throat> so this book is also um, a gospel. As you read it, even in the very first two chapters that we just read this week, you see um, uh, Luke writing about the roles of women and children and eventually we'll go on to see social out outcasts and um, that wasn't the norm, you know, to highlight those people in that time. So we're in chapter Luke 1 and 2 and obviously you all know the second chapter it were exactly a month past the birth of, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so I'm sure you've all heard really great, great messages and sermons preached on, on that particular story. So I chose to leave that one alone, even though it is the greatest, I, you know, the greatest. We'll touch on it, but... We all know that the birth of Jesus, and you've heard wonderful, wonderful um, messages on that. So where I'm going to spend time today is in the first chapter of Luke. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, a man named Zechariah. And as you all read, I hope that you too picked out nuggets from this that um, God touched your heart with. And these stories are incredible. And I just love the way that when we sit in God's word and, and we read it, how he brings things to life. But Zach, uh, we start out in Luke 1, and I'm going to be starting down in, in uh, around verse 5. And we, we read there that Herod is king. And um, let's see here. And then in verse 6, it says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. Zechariah was a priest, and he was married to Elizabeth. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. But they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. And now they were both very old. So they were stigmatized at this time, um, barren with no children, which back in that day was a huge uh, fact in itself. 
uh, people would look down on them, and uh, some people back then would feel like it was your uh, if you were right with the Lord or not um, by children that you had. So you know you can imagine what they had gone through at at that point of having no children um, and being probably scorned somewhat because of it. <clears throat> Let's move on to uh, chapter uh, verse 8. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. So let me just kind of set the scene for you there a little bit of what happened here is in this day, by this time, there were so many priests that they were broken down into um, different groups. But one commentary I read said there were probably up to 20,000 priests at this time. And so they didn't couldn't all serve, so they would cast lots to see who would get to serve. And um, this particular job of burning incense in the sanctuary probably only happened once in a priest's lifetime. So it was a pretty good, big deal, um, probably the biggest event in Zachariah's life, um, a tremendous privilege as a priest. Um, let's see. There's a whole ritual, and I won't go into that right now, but how they would walk, they would go in, they would present, two priests would walk him in, they would leave, he would go on in. So he would be alone in there to pray. And as it goes on here, in verse 11, it says, the angel... Um, well, let me just read it. <laughs> okay. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid. And... As I was thinking about that, I was thinking, what was Zechariah praying for um, what his fear it said he was overwhelmed by fear uh, fear fell on him some versions say so it was a shock to see the angel and those first words that the angel said fear not and with those words um, four centuries of silence was broken there had not been communication from uh, prophets or angels for that amount of time in the book of Malachi we end and um, as we're coming to this event and for God to send this angel and the angel first thing he said was do not be afraid or fear not and then he said his name and um, As I sat there on that part right there, it just made me realize how intimate God is with us and how caring he is. That the first things is fear not. 
and then he knew who he was. He knew him by name. Um, and the next thing he said is, your prayer has been answered. Now I imagine when Zechariah was in there praying, he wasn't praying for a child. This is my imagination. We're not told this, but I can imagine he wasn't. I imagine that with the, all the people outside, the priests would go in and they would be praying for their nation to come out from under the, um, to be saved out from under the rule of the Romans that they had been under all these years. So I would imagine that that's what he was praying. And so to have the angel say, your prayer has been answered, you will have a son. Uh, wow. You know, out of the blue. I mean, probably a shock. Maybe not. That's just my imagination. That's how I think. But, um, but then through that, you will have a son, and he will pave the way for the Messiah. So both prayers were answered. Um, he had probably... Um, Zechariah and Elizabeth had offered frequent prayers for a child. Maybe had given up on praying at that point. They were in old age. Um, they may have given up that prayer at that point. And it made me stop to think about us today. And um, there's a lot of you in this room, a, a lot of faces I don't know, which is cool. I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. Um, there's some of you I do know, and there's some that I know have been praying for certain things for years, maybe decades, that feel unanswered. But the great thing about this story right here is he was heard. And that's, um, let me read that again in... Um, I didn't finish reading that in, in verse 13. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. And so all those prayers that we pray sometimes for years, we can rest in that knowledge that God hears and he knows our name. The Heavenly Father, the one who calls you by name, He's heard your prayer, and he's saying, fear not. And I just found so much hope and faith, grace, all wrapped up in that particular part of the story. And down in, in verse 37, when that same angel goes to Mary, um, the, and the angel is telling her about Elizabeth, and he said, nothing is impossible with God. And I just, I think that for us today, we can dwell on that and, and take that um, to our heart that God is faithful. Um, nothing's impossible to Him. If you have prayers that you think have not been answered or you wonder if they're heard, the great thing about God is He's hearing your prayer. And today, one of the probably the worst things of communication is listening. There's not enough listeners out there. And how great to think that God 24-7 is listening to us when we talk. 
um, I had a little visual of that popped in my head. I just got back from uh, the happiest place on earth and um, with two of my grandsons and one of them's three and so he doesn't understand that word wait, you know. No, you have to wait in the line to give Goofy a hug, you know. He doesn't get it. So before we know it, boom, he's up there <laughs> hugging Goofy, you know. And the whole line behind him is not very happy at that point. Uh, kids don't understand that, you know. They don't, to them, Goofy's there, he's mine to hug, and here I go. And I, and I just, it hit me when I was watching him. I thought, that's how it is for us with God, is um, if we need to confess, if we need to ask, if we don't have to um, wait. We don't have to wait in a line. Um, it's immediate uh, communication with him, and he hears. Not always our does he answer right away, but it's in the listening, it's in knowing he hears, and it's in that relationship with God that we can rest and know that he has the best in mind for us. So we go on in, in Luke uh, 13. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So here's a couple that had had a lot of pain and anguish over not being able to have a child, and now they're going to have joy and gladness many, many, many years later. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And of course, then Zechariah has a moment of doubt. Ah, I can relate. You know, poor Zachariah, you know. Um, so often I have doubted. <clears throat> so he has a moment of doubt, and he is silenced for the next nine months. But at the end of that time, when the baby's born, and he writes on the tablet that his name will be John, and his voice is given back to him, he's not bitter over that. We don't read of him being bitter or angry at God for doing that. But the very first thing that we read is he sang a song of praise to God. And in his song of praise, uh, he recalled hundreds of years of God's sovereign work in history. And then he even personalizes it and talks directly to his son. I want to read that part. It's in verse 76. And you, my little son, I'm reading out of the NLT. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. 
John grew up and became strong in spirit. In our deeper reflection this week, we, um, if you guys got to that part and you read it, went through the different songs in these two chapters. And Katie had talked last week about Luke being a book of arts and, you know, uh, creativity. Uh, With that, we see in the very first chapter um, these songs that were written. And thank you for the worship this morning. That was amazing, as always. And it... um, uh, The one song we sang, Glory, Glory... Something, something. (laughs) You are so good. Okay, yeah, that one. I mean, if that was the only song you wrote... Uh, as, as we talked about in the deeper reflection, what, what could be your song um, to God? And I've done that at different times throughout my life, sometimes taken a psalm and just written it out in my own words as a song to God. It's a really great practice, and I'd encourage all of you to do that. But truly, if you took that one part of what we sang this morning... How amazing, because he truly is so good to us. And to give him the glory, um, you know, is fantastic. It's, it, it's just, how can we not? I guess that's my thing. How can we not? He's done so many great things. I know, too, at a lot, at a lot of times we can talk about songs and greatness and, you know, everybody's wonderful and God is good and all that. And you're sitting here right now struggling with something. You know, you have pain in your life. Um, can we still sing a song? And I think those songs, that's, that's why we can. We can read scripture and it can still minister to us even. And lots of times more great. I, don't, I know that's not the right English, but greater in times of pain do the words of God um, penetrate sometimes that pain. So even if you're sitting here in pain this morning or struggling with something in your life, I want to read you quickly another scripture. It's very familiar to all of you, but not only can we offer our praise to God, but he sings over us. And that's Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He takes delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He rejoices over you with joyful songs. So as we have studied the different songs in here and um, hear a scripture like this that, that God sings over us, Just what a beautiful picture that is. As we take each one of the characters that sang, if you can say characters, the people that sang these songs we read this week, um, they were not um, living perfect. They didn't have perfect lives. You know, Zachariah, you saw his pain and, and his wife and the barrenness that they had, and yet they were able to sing Um, on the other end of that. And then Mary, who her life, she was a servant girl most likely, and um, she was not wed yet, 
So what that looked like when God said, you will have a baby and his name will be Jesus, and what she might have gone through um, by scorn and ridicule. And then at the end of our reading, it was um, Simeon and Anna, but Simeon telling her, a sword will pierce your side. I mean, she was going to, any of you that have had children in here know how protective as a mom you are and that um, feeling of you do anything for your child. But to know before the child's ever born, Mary knew the scriptures. She, she knew the prophecies that foretold what was coming. And so to already know the pain that she was going to experience uh, watching her child be scorned and ridiculed and then hung on a cross to die. Uh, I can't even imagine. And yet her song, please read it. Um, I won't take the time to read it right now, but uh, just read it with that in mind, you know, thinking of how she glorified God to be able to be the one um, to bring this life, but then just on a human plane, what you would um, feel knowing. I'm just imagine, I don't know if anybody's pregnant in here, but just imagine if you were told that before, and some of you have had a heartache like that, been told some of this devastating news before a baby's been born, uh, and what that feels like, and yet the song that she sings is just incredible. Um, so I just want to leave you with those thoughts um, on all of this that we read, we can so apply today in our hearts. And I hope as you read through Luke um, and some incredible accounts that are coming, parables and different things, and that they each um, speak to you where you are and what you're going through in life, whether it's a hard time or a happy time. That's the wonderful thing about God is he, he he's available to each of us where we're at in our life and what season of life we're going through and um, he's amazing that's all oh, that's all that end <laughs>